You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 1 through 4, another covenant. These are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites in Moab, in addition to the covenant he had made with them at Horeb. So the Hebrew Bible links this verse with the previous chapter, ending the reminder of the covenant at Mount Sinai, or Horeb. But it says this one made in Moab just prior to crossing the Jordan is in addition to that covenant. So while their history was seen as a failure to keep the covenant, Moses speaks of their future hope of keeping God's covenant. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land. With your own eyes you saw those great trials, those signs and great wonders. He reminds those adults who were children in Egypt that they were eyewitnesses to all that God had done. Both former mercies and fresh mercies should motivate our obedience. Yet in spite of it, they were still spiritually blind. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands, or eyes that see, or ears that hear. All these are gifts of God. Many have gifts, but do not appreciate and worship the giver. So this anticipates the time of the new covenant, when God would do just that. Although to this day there is still spiritual blindness in Israel, according to Paul in Romans 11.8. Verses 5-9, to God's faithful provision and protection. In contrast to their spiritual blindness, unfaithfulness, and disobedience, yet the Lord says, During the forty years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. First, he reminds them of God's faithful provision. He led them through the wilderness for 40 years. That is a blessing in itself. While they wandered, their clothes and sandals didn't wear out. Nehemiah would remind them of this. For 40 years you... You sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. So while they wandered, they didn't eat bread because God supplied them with manna. During that time, they had no access to wine or strong drink. When you reached this place, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, came out to fight against us, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He reminds them of the military victories on the east side of the Jordan and the lands that were allocated to some of the tribes. Nehemiah would say this as well. You gave them kingdoms and nations, allotting to them even the remotest frontiers. They took over the country of Sihon, king of Heshbon, and the country of Og, king of Bashan. So in light of God's past faithfulness, they were told to carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. This was what they should do, but it was impossible unless God gave them a new heart. Verses 10 to 15. 
the people included in the covenant. All of you men standing today in the presence of the Lord your God, your leaders and chief men, your elders and officials, and all the other men of Israel, together with your children and your wives and the foreigners living in your camps who chop your wood and carry your water. You are standing here in order to enter into a covenant with the Lord, a covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath to confirm you this day as his people, that he may be your God as he promised you and as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The whole congregation was making this oath to enter into a covenant with God, even their servants. They were to bind themselves to it. It was sealed and confirmed. God promised to make them his people and to be their God. This was first promised to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But that's not all. I am making this covenant with its oath, not only with you who are standing here with us today, in the presence of the Lord our God, but also with those who are not here today. All of Israel, past, present, and future, were included in this covenant to obey God and be blessed, or disobey God and be cursed. Verses 16 to 19, No Idolatry. Moses reminds them of all they knew and saw in Egypt and the countries they passed through. You yourselves know uh, how we lived in Egypt and how we passed through the countries on the way here. You saw among their, them their detestable images and idols of wood and stone and or silver and gold. Therefore, make sure there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord our God to go and worship the gods of those nations Make sure there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. He associates turning away from God to turning toward idols. He mentions a root that spreads poison to show how idolatry spreads throughout the family, tribe, and nation. <clears throat> Don't be presumptuous. When a person hears the words of this oath and they invoke a blessing on themselves, thinking, I will be safe, even though I persist in going my own way, they will bring disaster on the watered land as well as the dry. So this person does not fear judgment. They think they can sin with impunity. The problem is a hard heart. This disaster will bring everything to ruin. And this is a dreadful warning that sinners should heed. God knows what they're thinking. Verses 20 to 21, Curses to Fall on the Presumptuous Sinner They would be found out and judged. The Lord will never be willing to forgive them. His wrath and zeal will burn against them. All the curses written in this book will fall on them, and the Lord will blot out their names from under heaven. The Lord will single them out from all the tribes of Israel for disaster, according to all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. God won't forgive them, and they are not seeking to be forgiven. So this book of the law was written by Moses. Deuteronomy 31, 9. Verses 22 to 28. Future generations would witness this judgment. Your children who follow you in later generations and foreigners who come from distant lands will see the calamities that have fallen on the land and the diseases with which the Lord has afflicted it. 
the whole land will be a burning waste of salt and sulfur, nothing planted, nothing sprouting, no vegetation growing on it. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in fierce anger. So both future Israelites and foreigners would see the calamities and diseases God would send on them as judgment. This future judgment would be as complete as the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah. This happened to Shechem, recorded in Judges 9.45. He also mentions two smaller towns which were uh, also in the region of the catastrophe of Sodom and Gomorrah. All the nations will ask, why has the Lord done this to the land? Why this fierce burning anger? And the answer will be, it is because this people abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the covenant he made with them when he brought them out of Egypt. They went off and worshipped other gods and bowed down to them, gods they did not know, gods he had not given them. Therefore the Lord's anger burned against this land, so that he brought on it all the curses written in this book. In furious anger and in great wrath, the Lord uprooted them from their land and thrust them into another land as it is now. So the result will be exile, being uprooted after they had been planted, and the reason is idolatry, which would bring the curse of God. During the destruction of Jerusalem, the commander of the imperial guard of Babylon recognized this. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the captives from Jerusalem and Judah who were being carried into exile to Babylon. When the commander of the guard found Jeremiah, he said to him, The Lord your God decreed this disaster for this place, and now the Lord has brought it about. He has done just as he said he would. All this happened because you people sinned against the Lord and did not obey him. Verse 29, The Secret and Hidden Things the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. The information in Scripture satisfies our faith, not necessarily our curiosity. We don't know how God can be both transcendent and imminent, or how one God can be triune. We don't know how God does what he does, and it's not our business to delve into these things. The first sin involved the desire to know things like God does. Even the prophets often didn't understand everything they wrote about, and even we only know in part. Thereby, we must be diligent in our study and humble about our limited understanding. We admit our ignorance, but we are not to remain in ignorance. It is enough to obey what he has revealed to us, which is the law with its promises and threats. Psalm 25:14 says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Because scripture belongs to us and to our children forever, we must focus on it. We are only accountable for what has been revealed. Scarlet threads. So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? All of Israel, past, present, and future, were included in this covenant to obey God 
and be blessed, or disobey God and be cursed. Since believers are the Israel of God, Galatians 6.16, all nations would be blessed by the Israelites. Jesus prayed for his disciples and for those who would believe through them. Moses spoke of a bitter root that would spread. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. If they failed to obey God, he would bring on them all the curses in the book of the law. The book of Revelation says the same thing. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. God has a secret and a revealed will. God has revealed the mind of Christ to us because we have his spirit living in us. At that time in redemptive history, they didn't know how God would bless the whole world. But the mystery that was hidden then has been revealed. Colossians 2.2 says the mystery is Christ himself, and it's personal, Christ in you. Ephesians 3.6 says this mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. But our knowledge now is still incomplete, and it will be that way until we reach heaven. When the disciples asked Jesus about the timing of the coming kingdom, he said, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Deuteronomy chapter 30. May God bless the study of his word.